special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and it's episode 160. Tonight, I'm not joined on the line by Lux. I'm joined on the line by none other than my brother, George. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, thanks. Happy to be back. Good. I'm glad to have you back, um, because it was fortunate. I don't know what happened to Lux tonight, but Lux is uh, not available, so uh, George was very good to jump on last minute and uh, go through tonight's show with me. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, you know, your kiddos are started school. Uh, how, how, how has been the start of the school year for you guys and your family? Good. It's uh, interesting to get a not-quite-four-year-old onto a school bus uh, at the start of a day, but he has been doing it, so that's uh, that's good. Otherwise, you know, just adapting to having a two-month-old as well as a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Anyways, yeah, it's busy. It's busy. It's, I, I, I can well imagine. Well, I can well you've imagine. been there. <laughs> I have I have been there. I've got a, I've had a, a few days of of, of of craziness myself, trying to get everyone out the door, and to wherever they need to be. So I fully understand. All right, uh, and have you been enjoying any of the new Dominaria cards, whether on Arena or in paper? Yeah, I've been doing some Arena drafts. I haven't uh, touched the cards in paper yet, uh, but I've definitely done some drafts. I've probably had maybe maybe ten or so drafts at this point. Not too too many, but definitely have been enjoying it. I uh, got absolutely owned tonight. Uh, that's not really the point. Um, um, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I have not. I have not drafted. I have been playing, and I'm a sucker. I, I keep doing this. So I saw um, Saffron Olive playing a a Goyf list yeah. in standard, and I couldn't resist. So I went and built the Goyf that Goyf list in standard. And I have to say, I've been playing. I've been enjoying myself immensely. I've discovered there's very few things in this world I would rather do than mill myself and make giant tutus <laughs> or, or two two mana creatures. Like, because the goif and the and the and the old stick fingers turn into like seven sevens and eight eights very quickly. Oh yeah. And then your opponents, your opponents just die nice. because they can't stop them all. And and with all those channel creatures from Kamigawa. There's a surprising amount of interaction that you can that you can put together um, in the form of the mirror shell crab and the colossal sky turtle that and shigeki. Between those three right there, you can buy back almost anything you need whenever you need it and just make your opponents cry. So they think they so and there's not good graveyard hate being played right now. So I've been enjoying it immensely. I think it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> You're not getting hearsed. People aren't dropping no, the hearse on you. I, I, I have I have yes to see a hearsed hearse. I have seen the um, the grave uh, the sem- the the black uh, one that uh, hoses graveyard the black uh, werewolf. Mm-hmm. But I have not seen too much more. No. I, I keep seeing that I hearse see- showing up in all kinds of lists, including like every sideboard and in, in eternal formats even showing up. So. No. Well, I keep seeing Meat Hook Massacre. That's what I see. Oh, I do like me a Meat Hook Massacre. Well, I mean, I do too, but when you're on the other side of it, it's not, it feels decidedly dirty. So, anyway. Um, Alright. Let's get on with some business, and then we'll get on tonight's show there, folks. So, if you like what you hear here on the show every week, you can find all of our back episodes on thelotuscouncil.com. Um, so, by all means, that's our home. Like, Check them out. There, it's a, it's a great website with lots of great people. 
Um, lots of interesting content you can find. Uh, in particular, the Discord. The Discord is probably the highlight of, of the of the service, with lots of great people in the Discord who love to talk about magic, who love to talk EDH. So if you are into those things and you want it and you want it for free, you can jump into the Lotus Council Discord. The link is right in our show notes. You can go click on it, take you straight there, and come and join the Discord. Because I think you're going to find there's a lot of value to be had there and a lot of great people to have conversations with. Um, there's also people who are looking to play webcam, webcam EDH, um, box breaks, uh, strategy discussions, or just talking about other things going on in people's lives. So come check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And come and check out thelotuscouncil.com. Tonight there, George, we're going to have our episode is going to be broken up into three chunks. Well, three and a half, I guess. Uh, we're going to have a garbage or great. So we're going to have a, a card that uh, we'll talk about, as whether it's good or not. And then we're going to have, they added some new members to the, to the rules committee. Um, where we'll have a quick chat about that, which I don't think is particularly um, problematic in any way or shape or form. I actually think it's rather good. But uh, it's interesting to see that they've prepared to expand the rules committee. And then segment two, we're going to look at the Dominary United Commander deck lists. Um, and we'll put some of those links in the show notes. So if you want to follow along at home, you can do that as well. Um, and then we'll provide a little bit of context for what we think you should be doing with the decks, what you should be taking out, what you should be putting back in, um, and sort of, you know, how to make those decks seem a little more playable after you've opened them and taken them out of the box. All right, and then tonight I've got a goofy deck that uh, I'm going to share with everybody here, uh, headed by Gerald Marhold Elsdragon, which is a uh, one of the new legends from the Commander product. All right, you ready, George? Yeah. All right, so garbage or great tonight? We have Brimstone Dragon, which is actually a card from like a very long time ago, and and so it's from uh, looks like Portal Second Age. So six red red for a six six flying dragon that says brimstone dragon is unaffected by summoning sickness, which would now be like shortcut to has haste. Um, what do you think, George? Would uh, this be garbage or is this great? Well, I like the art on this card more than anything. This dragon looks like he's gonna lay a beating on those people. But uh, as a card, I don't want to see this in my deck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, <that's... laughs> Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it would be funny to see it on play, but uh, but obviously, Magic's come a long way uh, over the last many many years from six six for eight mana, uh, flying yeah. haste. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I will say, as a the this is a great looking card. Oh, the card is look the be- the art is really good. I actually have the was from from the mystery booster. Um, printing, which is worth a grand total of 18 cents, but the art is the same save for the little planeswalker symbol in the corner mm-hmm. and it is it is it is really something, it is really cool you're like, oh, this like, this looks like badass. Yeah, absolutely um, even, if, even if the card is actually kind of weak sauce, like the art is badass, so David H David H. Cherry, who is the artist apparently nailed the dragon however, um, the card itself uh, needs to go back to R and D and get uh, reworked because it's good for twenty twenty two. Yeah, kind kind of poop soup right there. So uh, I'm out on Brimstone Dragon. Not a big fan. Um, just so we're clear, I, it's the rest of the community tends to be the same way here. Uh, it appears in uh, one hundred and thirty decks out of seven hundred fifty five thousand three hundred fifty nine available decks. I could play it. Seems about so, right. Yeah. 
I mean, that sounds about right. Um, it appears most frequently in things like, um, what what commanders? I don't even know. There's probably so uh, few oh, that it even has like no ability to summarize what it's good with. Yeah, it's going with Ganax Astral Hunter, which is uh, whenever Ganax Astral Hunter Hunter or, Hunter or another dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a treasure token. Can you imagine spending eight mana to get a treasure token back? But you also did six of <laughs> somebody in the face, man. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, I with the with all the uh, new new tech from. Um, Battle for Baldur's Gate, uh, in terms of the orbs of Dragonkind, whether the red, the green, the blue, whatever, you can play a multicolored dragon deck, ramp out a little bit, get the, give this some extra perks. You can maybe Ganax in it, so you get a treasure token. Like it's not truly awful, but if you're playing, but you gotta be, you gotta be playing the dragon deck. And I still don't love it. There's so many better, better options as dragons that. Unless you're doing it for the memes. Oh, yeah, that's, that not... is why you're playing it. You got oh, yeah. you got to play it for the flair. You know, it's like we talked about last time I was on, we talked about pet cards. This is where this card shows up. You just love the art. You think, you know what? I can think of nothing better than a big, scary-looking dragon. And it may not be the best card, but that's fine. You like it because you like it. Yep, pretty much. So if you like to play it, folks, by all means, enjoy playing your Brimstone Dragon. Just don't claim that it's going to be the best card in your deck because it's not. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, on to news. They've uh, just there's announced this morning that they have gone and added two new members to the res- to the rules committee um, in the form of two members that used to be on the commander advisory group. Um, so Olivia Gober Hicks and Jim LePage. Um, so Olivia Gober Hicks is uh, well known for having um, a very popular. EDH stream that she does with MTG Nerd Girl. I forgot what it's called, but uh, she's got a well-known uh, EDH uh, EDH stream. Has appeared on lots of other EDH streams as well, uh, and is a very uh, vocal and uh, strong comp- uh, contributor to the Magic community. Um, and I think uh, makes a good addition to the rules committee. Uh, Jim LePage is from the Spike Feeders. If you're not familiar and he has more of a competitive bent than um, many of the other people uh, on the rules committee. But I, th- I think it's a good to have uh, his inclusion. He's also a Canadian, which is, I believe he's from Winnipeg, which is an added little feather in the cap. Um, so, George, what are your thoughts on increasing the rules committee? I think as long as... Uh... You know, people have a keen interest in being there and wanting to make the game as fun as possible. I think the more the merrier. I think that the people they brought in clearly they've thought um, they thought about the decision, and um, I have uh, no objection with these two individuals being at it. I think it's wonderful. Um, yeah, I think I'm looking forward to seeing what what comes. I think they're they're in kind of different spectrums of the game in terms of you know, uh, as you fo- said before, Jim has had a more focus on a, on a bit of a more competitive. Um, side of commander and uh anyways but i think it's great i think this is a good a good thing for the game overall yeah i i think it's terrific i just wanted to put it in context here folks so folks the rules committee initially began as sheldon mannery and his buddies being the rules committee right like that's how that sort of came to be and the guys in his play group were the ones that sort of set the tone for the format 
and to see them now, I wonder what it would take for them to like, have to reach out and say, accept that they need help in terms of like keeping an eye on things, having different perspectives brought to the game, that they have to go and do this and, and, and not just have the commander advisory group, which is which was an, a very interesting and relevant um, piece to include, but now to just straight up involve them in the rules committee itself, like I think ultimately is very good. But like imagine if your playgroup suddenly had to invite two new people to help set rules. Like that's a big adjustment, I think, too. I think it's gonna be I think it's good. Ultimately I think it's gonna benefit the game. But I think it took I think it takes a lot of uh, character on the behalf of the, the existing rules committee to sit, to recognize that they need to go and incorporate voices from elsewhere into their discussions so that they can you know, represent the people who play Magic or play EDH better than they were before. And I think that's ultimately probably for the best, you know, without any much doubt there. So um, I think that's pretty cool. The other piece here, and I hate to sound sad about this, but Sheldon's not been well, right? There, George, like, he's been battling, mm-hmm. he's been battling health concerns for a long time. And uh, I don't want to say that it might be, like, this is, might be, the, like, the precursor to Sheldon stepping away, that he can really focus on getting better um or potentially not i suppose which is also a sad thought but um but i think that maybe there might be something there where like they they recognize they need to expand the group because sheldon has been battling this for so long and it's unclear when it when and if he'll ever be at 100 percent again so um i think you know having to and in, in get fresh blood into the rules committee is ultimately probably for the best. Yep, I think that's fair. All right, let's move on to segment two and look at some of these brand new decks from Dominaria United. So there's two new decks there, folks. Um, <clears throat> so it's interesting there, George, because they've gone back to putting uh, Planeswalkers as the commander. And so they've got two new Planeswalkers uh, leading each of these decks. So they've got Dahada Binder of Wills leading the first one in Legends Legacy. <clears throat> and so Dahada Binder of Wills cares all about uh, good old legendary creatures. Let's read Dahada carefully and see if we can't figure out what she's all about. So one red, white, black legendary planeswalker Dahada. She has five loyalty and says. Up to one target legendary creature gains Vigilance, Lifelink, and Indestructible until your next turn. Minus three. Reveal the top cards of your library. Put any number of legendary cards from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Please notice it says legendary cards there, audience, not legendary creatures. Create a treasure token for each card put into your uh, graveyard this way. And then minus eleven. Gain control of all non-land permanents until end of turn. Untap them. They gain haste until end of turn. So you're getting an insurrection on your planeswalker, and Dahada says you can be the commander, or she can be the commander of your deck. So, okay, what does this tell you? Like, this to me does not automatically scream. This is a legendary, like some sort of like tremendous legendary synergistic card. Like, it has legendary written all over it, there, George. But like the plus two. Gives, like, you have to put your creature into combat, do a thing. Hopefully, you're going to get there. A minus three is some is some probably modest card advantage because let's be real. Like your 
looking at four, four cards, cards isn't that many. No, and then how many ledges are you going to hit? One, maybe two? Well, probably, right? I guess the question it's is how probably. many lands are legendary in this in this list. Yeah, you're not looking at too, too many. Yeah, you're not hitting at too, too many. So you're probably hitting one, maybe two. Um, and then you get some treasure tokens for things that are in your bin. Which, I mean, putting things in your graveyard, as we've established, is not a bad thing. But it's not the sort of, like, check this out, I'm going to do the thing right now that you want. And then the minus 11 is an insurrection, and that's just, like... not going to happen. No, no one's going to let that happen. The one so, thing to remember, though, the plus two, just as a little bit of a plus, or a bonus there, it is until your next turn, So and your guy gets vigilant. So it's a free swing. So if you have something to target with it, you get a free swing, and you have a blocker back. That's still indestructible, yeah, no. so it's yeah, not. And it's, I, and it's, so it's kind of like protecting itself, ish. Yeah, because that's you always have, the problem with walkers, right? Is they get knocked out before you get yeah. a chance to really use them. So the other uh, uh, backup commander in this deck is Shanid Sleeper Scourge, which is one red, white, black for a two-four legendary creature, human knight with menace, or as we say in the business, Menace. Other legendary creatures you control have Menace. Whenever you play a legendary land or cast a legendary spell, you draw a card and you lose one life. To me, I like the sound of that one better because of the fact that it has a card draw. It's a card draw engine in my command, zone, my command zone um, that I can bring in. Um, but yeah, so those are the two options for the precon that they put in there as being commanders for you. Let's have a look at the deck, George. So... Yep. Uh, Audience, the list the list is going to be available to you in the show notes. You can look at it, too. It's available through the Wizards website, so it's nothing particularly fancy. Um, what do you like about this deck? Is there anything anything that jumps off the page as being, oh, that's a cool card. I like that card. That's, I'm glad they put that in that list. Um, do I like anything in this list? <laughs> um, I've, got a few, I've got a few things that I like, but... Yeah, I mean, I like I do. I mean, some of these legends are pretty cool. I will say, like they've got some. I mean, the one thing with legends is they have a bit of a character to them, right? Like that's what they are. And so I do like some of the cards on a like a from a just a general like not actually effectiveness of the card standpoint. I do like some of the the cards that are like a bit less played. Like I, I love that Drana Liberator of Malakir is thrown in here as like a, an interesting way to get your team buffed up. I love Atali Primal Storm because again I like casting other people's cards. Um I like me uh the original Ragavan monkey running around with uh Kari Zev, although I don't know that she's necessarily all that great in itself. Um no. I love seeing you know, Neheb as well. Uh, showing up again. Odric can do some crazy stuff with the right other keywords, and you'll note that there's a top of Primal Dawn is there. Uh, yes, as a key, as a keyword soup. Those those don't seem to be running buddies whenever they sort of like they love to reprint Zatalpa in tons of decks. Like I think now Zatalpa's been reprinted eight times since Ixalan. I mean, it is literally keyword soup, and it, it is pretty cool. If you ever get, and I, I mean, I'm just imagining Od, like Odric and what it would be with that, but I've never seen that combo in action live, but I, I can do the math, yeah. but it wouldn't be good for me. So on, on my end, I'm a big fan of Arvad the Cursed, which I think is actually pretty funny. 
uh, where other legendary creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of cute. Um, I like... Um, I like Anafenza Kintree Spirit. I think that one's actually pretty interesting as well. And I like Captain Lannery Storm. Because if we're going to be playing... We're going to be playing uh, Treasure, there's... Captain Lannery Storm is a funny way to generate treasure and then to use the treasure to pump your Lannery Storm. Um, is there anything in here you don't like? Well, I was going to come back. I also like some of the fact that I was thinking, thinking of this. It's a lot of cheap, like very efficient creatures, and um, and with the recursion with um, you know Teshar, you've got Alesha who can bring stuff back. I, like I do like some of the the recursion side of this that's that's built in. So because this deck is clearly wanting you to swing. Um, yeah, it's giving it's giving your guys menace. You're going to be trying to be um, getting out early and getting on top of the board state and and really applying some pressure. So having a way to get those threats back because you're going to lose these threats in com in combat. Um, so I like the fact that there's a bit of recursion naturally built in. Some of the stuff I, I was just peeling through the list here and looking at the artifacts and um, I don't know that there's um, too many of them I love. Most like I mean. So I get that they're trying to synergize with Commander, or sorry, with Legends. So I, I do get like Sword of the Chosen as a target, like you know, two mana tap target legendary creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. Um, you know, this uh, Tenza Godo's Mall. Um, even the Reaver Cleaver is good; it can do something, but it, you know, at least it gives them trample. I don't know. I just, I guess, I wonder. Mostly the the uh, the sword of the chosen. I was not a big fan of that. Um, yeah, no, I would agree. And the Tenzo. I'd rather just have another, either another type of sword, like another sword, or um, so like the sword of the chosen not staying on the creature. So it's just, you know, I'd rather just equip it. I'd rather pay to equip it and have it stay permanently on their turn too. Yeah. Um. And then you could also, you know, you could attach it to one attack, switch it to another to be on the blocking side. So it gives you a bit of flexibility there. Yeah. Can I just say, I wish that the Circle of Loyalty was not in this deck. I think, uh, it's, a ter I think it's a terrible card. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I don't... I guess, I mean, obviously you're going to make an army of knights, but the problem is, like, that's not how you're going to win. Nope, nope. The the, the, the the two two knights are not enough. As someone who has recently picked up Faldorn, a red green exile uh, play from exile deck from uh, uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate, where you make a gigantic pile of wolves, two two wolves are not enough. You need more. And even yeah. with this giving and even when you give creatures you control get plus one plus one, it's still not enough. You need something more to push through. So I think making knights for casting legendary creatures is not a, re a fair trade-off for a six-mana artifact. I think this is not a card that I the, want The to problem, play. too, is that if you look at the number of knights, like natural knights in the deck... There's one. Which there's one, I think. There's Josu. Josu The backup commander's on knight, too. Oh, okay. So you got two. So you're, you're going to play for four mana then. You're going to have this. And if you ever activate that the last ability on it, you've, you've lost that game, I think. Or it's yeah. turn 15. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. Like, you're now so far behind, you're now scrambling to just 
put presence on the battlefield. So, like, I'm not the whatever. Like, anyway. Also, I am not a fan of playing Kothafed Soul Herder. That's a, just an objectively bad card. Like, it's just bad. It's going to kill you, folks. Look at yeah, I feel like in, I feel like that you're gonna lose a lot of life. Yes, because okay, whenever a permanent an opponent owns, including their 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 treasure tokens or their clue tokens or, or their, their fetch land or their fetch land or whatever, you are just going to get punished. And like, what do people have in droves these days? It's treasure tokens. You are going to die a horrible screaming death. And they're going to giggle all the way to, like, to Crazy Town as you're sitting there. Because imagine, like, you're going to get stuck at, like, 12 life, and some guy sitting on a smothering tithe is going to sit there and go, well, I've got, I mean, I can kill the table uh, with this, sacking these 12 to kill you because of your own Kothafed. And now I only have to concentrate on two dudes and cast my spells and win. Like, it's just not... Yeah, it's a bad card. It's a bad card. I think Kothafed has gotten exponentially worse in 2022, uh, with like the amount of treasure being made. Like, or I'm trying to think, late 2021. But anyways, the whole point being that there's treasure everywhere. Like everywhere, you're definitely gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to die horribly. All right. Um, I yeah. also don't like their choice. Like this is the same with them. I get this in the next list. I I don't I like the fact that they they want to be cute and throw in these like rem, these board wipes that are one sided, but they use Urza's Ruinous Blast here and exile all nine land permanents that aren't legendary. That's going to miss a number of your your opponent's stuff too. Like I realize your whole board's legendary, but you just miss their commanders or whatever else they're doing. That like I don't actually think this answers the problem. If you're board wiping. If you're using it this way, you're like winning more. That's what they're trying to achieve here. Because if you are like, but most of the time you're board wiping because you're losing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't think this is actually answering the problem. No, it it doesn't. And you're going to just it's just going to like it's going to not do what you want it to do. You're going to be like, oh, I left their Atraxa or their 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 whatever on the battlefield still, and I'm going to die now. So, um, yeah, it's um makes me laugh um it makes me want to play settle the wreckage or fumigate or just something just to blow up the board and recoup my, and recoup my losses like, well especially when you've got a cough bed in your deck you should try to gain some life off anything you can also this ambitions cost card is just not good so three and a black for a sorcery you draw three cards and lose three life that should be painful truths well, that's what I was going to say. I had that in my notes, too, to swap it over to Painful Truth. At least then you're paying one less mana and yeah. getting the same effect. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, like, uh, this is, I mean, this deck needs a lot of upgrades there, folks. It's fine if you're looking for something that's going to be medium power leveled, but is not exciting. It's, again, I don't know how many of these cards are particularly spicy in the sense that you actually want like to play them like i imagine if you or i were to open this deck george we would like throw out three quarters of these of these commander or these legendary creatures and re and retool them retool the whole deck yeah i might i might do a fair number of swaps um I, again i'd have to see it play to know but i just feel like 
lots of them aren't that impactful. And then, and then, like, Bel Borka, oh, like, no. come on, Bel Borka's not that good a card. Like, it's just not. It's just I don't not. even understand what it does. No, <laughs> that's fair too. <laughs> I, I, uh, anyways, uh, yeah. yeah, um, that got they, me confused. They gave us like dubious Krenko instead of the good Krenko, like. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Miko, Koko, Miko Koro, center of the sea. Each player draws a card. I don't know. Like these are how, not... how many attacks? How many attacks can you get with Cranko, Tin Street, Kingpin before he's dead? Uh, not many. He's a one-two. I think he, he got is... so his first attack. He's two-three. Yeah, yeah, and he makes for three mana. Not haste. Just three mana. Yeah. Good old three mana. And there's not a lot of ways in this deck to make haste. No. Oh, uh, Yeah. Like there's a like I would I usually give I usually give Wizards a lot of credit for their precons, and I would say of recent uh, recently they've done a lot better job of their precons because I remember getting precons like the year that Atraxa and Brea got printed. The precons were full of like like weird stuff that were not really relevant to one component of your game plan. This is like just kind of just strange. Mishmash of legendary stuff generally. What what is Varak Warp Sengir doing? Uh, like wh- what is what are we paying life for? I don't Am even I know. Where is this card? Uh is that the like next is that the next list or is that this one still? No, it's still this one. I'm I'm on the the wizards page, it's uh like creature number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ish down the list. Oh. Varak, Warp, Varak, Warp, Sengir. Why wouldn't this be alphabetical? I'm sorry. Like anyway. I don't know. Varak, Warp, Sengir, one white, black, two, two, flying, death, touch, life, link. Whenever you activate an ability that isn't a mana ability, if life was paid to activate it, you could pay that much life again if you do copy the ability. So... I'm just trying to think, where am I paying life for the... Is it the... Because I'm not paying life for the... for the spells that are drawing me cards, so that's not activated by but... What what what? Where am I losing life? Where am I paying life? What are you paying? So oh okay. So black market for instance, black market connections, which is the new card that came out last in the last commander products. That where you can spend one one like like spend two life to draw a card, uh, two more life to. I don't know. Like I saw it get played on the most recent command zone, and basically, if he if you spend six life and a whole bunch of mana. It's just six life. I don't, I'm not even sure anymore. I will have a look. Black market connections. Let's but is that in this? But is that in this deck? No, but that would be an example. Oh, see, but, the, but that just no one. Like I'm not saying that it can't be good. I'm saying what is it doing in this deck? Yeah, black market connections. So uh, you can create a tre- create a treasure token. You lose one life. Uh, draw a card. You lose two life. And ho- but that, uh, are you paying? Are yeah. you, is it draw a card? Oh, no, it's your to, like pay. You lose. You lose life. So that's not the same. Um, you have to pay. I don't know. I don't know then. This card is weird. And um, so Anyways. let's cut it. So it's trash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. If you came looking for something positive, I, I, I can't say it. This deck's kind of hot trash. Hot trash. Um, and why? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm waiting to see somebody beat me with it. And then. Well, uh, we'll give it to Dave. He'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thompson yes. and Thompson Mana 14 times. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right, sorry. I shouldn't bury my friend on, on, on my podcast. But anyway, um, I think, like, there's some de- some things that could go in here. Like, I think this deck needs a Morag. Like, I think this deck wins by doing things like having multiple combat steps. And so, particularly when you have things like Zatalpa and Traxos, you need a way to, like, make use of those big thumpers and Morag's way to do it. Um, you're also even like Alesha. Alesha would be great with that too. Yeah, yeah, Alesha. Yeah, with extra combat steps. You can now get things out of your graveyard again, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. And you're running thirty nine land in the deck. Thirty nine lands. That's super high. I don't know what you're casting with that. Neither do I. But they're running 39 land, which means Morag's got lots of fuel. All right. Um, I think this one also would benefit from having Brina. Um, Brina is a commander from the Strixhaven set who has lots of interesting choices on her to make your game interesting. So she may not be the most valuable, but get this. Um, one white black for a bird warlock, one three flying. Whenever a player attacks one or your or attacks one of your opponents, if that opponent has more life than the other of your opponents, Attacking player draws a card. You put two plus one counts on target creature you control. So it's got choices on it. It's interesting. It's not nearly. It's not oppressive. It just creates an interesting scenario where your opponents are disincentivized to attack you because they can draw cards. And anyway, so it's a, a, an interesting card. I'm not saying it's the greatest card, but it would be interesting and more interesting than some of these questionable cards that we've seen in here. Like, like Kothafed is just take it out. Take out the circle loyalty, whatever. I also think Soren, Vengeful Bloodlord. If we're like, we're, if we're serious about having Dahada mill things into the graveyard, Soren can let you get them back out of the graveyard, and he gives you things life link, which plays nicely with Dahada if you're using Dahada. So anyway, I think Soren would be a nice inclusion there in that list too, to give it a little bit more like I don't know, like just a different feel and. None of those cards are particularly expensive, so you can get them and acquire them for your deck without too much trouble. So, anyway, that's my thought there to try and like spruce the deck up a bit. Oh, and painful truths because <laughs> you need the because that card should be in the deck for sure. Yeah, and I would just change out some of the like if you want to do this like equipment package to make your fatties fatter, um, I would just find I would splurge on better equipment because I feel like if that's actually what you want to do. Um, or I just think there's so many better ways to do it. Or you just play something like Bone Splitter, it's something that just just does work. Like it's yeah, I mean, like it's not it's not a huge upgrade, but you just play Bone Splitter and it just does work. Like that's in my experience playing much limited Bone Splitter just does work. So anyway, so yeah. Uh, all right, let's look at the Jared Carthalian deck because we've sort of pooped on Dehada and Shanid. Let's go see about, about J- Jared Carthalian. All right, so Jared Carthalian, white, blue, black, red, green, legendary planeswalker, Jared, five, five uh, loyalty. Plus one, create a 3 3 Kavu creature token with trample. That's all colors. Minus three, choose up to two target creatures. For each of them, put a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the number of colors it is. And then minus six, return target multicolored card from your graveyard to your hand. If that card was all colors, draw a card and create two treasure tokens. Okay. And Jared can be your commander. 
The other one is Jensen Carthalian, Druid Exile. That's the backup commander. White green for a 2-2 legendary creature human druid. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, scry one. If that spell was all colors, create four a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. And five, spend five generic and tap this, add Wooberg. So I don't want to play Jensen. That's what I'm telling you that right now. Because I don't think that the ability of scrying whenever you play a multicolored spell is interesting. And there aren't enough five-color spells that I want to cast that makes playing 4-4 four, four angels worthwhile. That's just my thought. Like... Yeah, I would I would almost look at that as like a bonus. I would look at it like as a you're gonna scry a whole bunch and then you're gonna filter your mana because you're not gonna have anything that's gonna have more than one pip of any color for the most part. Yeah. So it, it filters you down to whatever so you don't have to worry about finding the lands. Oh fair enough. I mean, I don't think it's particularly great, but you know, the odd time when you hit a five you get a five or the, the Wooberg cards then you'll be happy i guess but yeah i don't think that's why you're playing no. it anyway i think you're 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 gonna lead, lean into jared far more often than, than jensen so let's have a look at jared plus one make a kavu like very clearly the play pattern they want you to pick up here is plus it make a kavu minus three put some counters on it and because it's the kavu is all five counters you now have eight eight kavu that's what it's telling you this is what this card tells me i want to do and then the minus six, yes. return a thing to my hand. Okay, sure, draw a card, make two treasures. That's fine. So, like, the play pattern is turn one, play play the Kavu, uh, then, and then the next turn, minus Jared, get, to th- get the cool thing back from your graveyard and cast it instead of Jared. So, it's kind of like a fancy regrowth, I guess. So... I don't love Jared, any of Jared's abilities. I think they're kind of dubious at best. But um, let's have a look at the list. Uh, this list... This list looks like a hot mess, George. Um, it's, it's, it's slightly warm, at least. Um, it's like a lukewarm turd on the curbside? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't... Um... I don't like hate it. There's some stuff I I, yeah, I don't what, understand. What, what, what do you like? What do you like about this list? I mean, I I, I like playing I like playing Wooberg spells. I like Atla Polani. Like that's I like that's a good card. Yeah, you were saying that before. I think that that's a good pickup. That's a good card. Like, uh, Especially when you have a deck full of fatties. Exactly. So you can like cheat your fatties into play. Uh, Arkelos Lagoon Mystic is surprisingly frustrating to play against. Um, as someone who has played this deck, I played played a deck with Arkelos against him. Pretty good. Um, I like that one. Um, I do like the Nethroi in this list. Um, just kind of like just good at yeah. straight up. Wow. Just like Nethroi. Seems good. Yeah, I mean you have some big fatties to pull out of the graveyard. Yeah. So. And Surak Dragonclaw is interesting because your things can't get countered. So you have uh-huh. like flashy six six. Things can't be countered. Spells you can't be countered. Like creatures can be countered. Like just, and your creatures are trampled. Like that just seems good. Right. There's a few th- things that I would probably be wanting to change out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I not. I'm not a big fan of heroes. Uh, Hero of Precinct One in this deck. I, I don't know that we're trying to go wide with little 
multi like with little creatures, human creatures. I, I think we're probably looking at getting bigger than that. Yep. This glint glinti nephilim is a uh, four mana with four different mana colors to get a two two. That yes, when it hits somebody, it draws that many cards, but it doesn't have trample. It you can give it plus one plus one for discarding a card. Um, I'm not a fan of that rate. No, no, no. I would agree. You have to spend a lot of mana um, and a lot of cards to make this survive combat regularly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And you could say you attack, the guy wants to block... You can't trample, so it's not like you can pitch five cards and get a few damage through to draw, to, like, wheel your hand. That's not what you're doing. You you just lose your hand. Yeah. Unless you've got a way to make it unblockable. So, the other one that doesn't make any sense to me is Zaxara the Exemplary. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I'm going through this deck, and I see one card that has an X spell in it. Or an X cast. The, Lava, Lava, yeah, Lava, that's not the Lava thing. Lavalanche is the one. Uh, is there anything else that I can even spot? I don't think so. Nothing. I didn't know. Nothing else has an X in the, command, in the mana cost, apart from that one card. So, we're running a Zexara or a Lavalanche? I, I don't think so. Like, just, no. No, I think I think the, the game is that they're making you run it to be able to tap to add two mana. But it's of any one color, and none of your cards have pips more than one for the most part. So, like, you you if it's at two different colors, then you'd be laughing. It would maybe make sense, because I would rather just play a Birds of Paradise than this. Yes, and, yeah, and why am I spending Forget. four mana in three different colors for a 2-3 death touch mana? Like... What's the two three death toucher for a black and a green from? Oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? The there was a mana dork that that did this. It was like, but it was a two three with death touch for black and green and one. And uh, I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's a there's a, definitely a mana. Yeah. And something prowler, I think. Like anyway, so the card is like arguably for this purposes is every bit as good as Zexara is, except it's not legendary. Like, I'm like, I guess? I mean, um, I don't think Zaxara fits in this deck at all. Fusion Elemental's a joke. Like, Fusion Elemental is terrible. Um, you know, like, Iridium... Wow. Well, you know, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, it's a joke is that it's a Wooburg card. I don't know what they're looking at. So, again, I think some of this comes down to, like, same with the, the, um, the, what is it, the Trans Guild Courier? Yeah. It's a four mana three three, and it's oh, it's all colors. Okay, great, but like, so yes, it, it's good to negative three my Jared onto, but I feel like I better have other stuff to do, and it, I could probably find a card that would pick up three or four counters would be better than that for four yeah. mana. I think they're trying to get you with this again, like I said last time, the the one sided board wipe. Yes. So again, they've thrown in the Iridium Maelstrom here that to destroy each creature that isn't all colors. Now, so you have several creatures in this list. There's 26 creatures in the deck. And there's probably I uh, would I don't I remember what count counted. Eight. There's a couple eight. that there are a couple that have legit Wooburg and a couple that just say it on the card, but it's about, you know, yeah, 8 or 9. So you're talking about a quarter of the creatures in the deck that have that criteria. So like how many of them are going to be on the battlefield that you saved? I think if, to have this Wooburg Wu raft. I think realistically if you have more than 2 on the battlefield, you're doing well. 
Like you're like legit. That's like. Oh yeah, no, no, that's like, great. I think that'd be outrageous. I think more the most likely scenario is you're gonna have one to zero. Yeah, and then you've just made you've just given yourself a difficult to cast wrath. Although maybe for this deck it's not gonna be difficult because there's a stack of tri lands in here that maybe makes it feasible, and a couple of like filter lands like the crystal quarry that give you the five right off the bat. Yeah. Just as long as you have five lands with yeah. this, you've got yeah. it. But um, I don't know. I like and again same with like Dune Blast. Like Dune Blast to me as a wrath, choose one, choose up to one creature, destroy the rest. It, I feel like. I might just want a tragic arrogance for five mana instead of the seven mana. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I think uh, we also tragic arrogance would be a much better include than doom blast. So anyway, yeah. Um, and the other one we were talking about is like we feel like there's a bit of a bent to where I don't know why painful truths. Sorry, not painful truths. Radiant flames is in the deck. Um, because. I, I'm not confident what you're getting rid of. What What are the little dinky things you're... You can't ever get more than three damage unless you've got tax effects on it. And let's be real. You don't really want to play your own tax effects to make Radiant Flames good. So, yeah, this Radiant Flames and then the Echoing Truth, which is one of the instants, both strike me as being concessions to token decks. Um, particularly the go wide token decks. I like rather than like what I describe as the fat tokens who are like the Tristani decks, they're looking to go big, tall tokens. So Radiant Flames there, folks. It's like I don't know why you're not playing Anger of the Gods, if that's what you're gonna get. But um the problem you run into with even Radiant the Flames, if you're having to radiant the Radiant Flames a tokens deck, you're probably doing what they want you to do anyway. Because they're probably an aristocrat's deck. Think about it. Like, if it's the vampire's builds, or it's the sapperling's builds, or it's the all the other stuff, like, they're all aristocrat's decks. You're doing what they want, to, what they want you to do. And it doesn't even kill Sir Conrad. Like, it kills Blood Artist, it kills Zulaport Cutthroat, sure, whatever. But their Sir Conrad's going to stay there through it and continue to mess you up. So I don't think Radiant Flames is particularly useful unless you're legitimately playing like like mono green elves and they've got three mana dorks on the battlefield and that's it. And you can get a three for one. Good for you. But mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I think we can do way better than a Radiant Flames. Way better. Yeah, I think... It comes down to what your goals are, and I think that's not answering, a, as you said, it's not answering the problem you're going to have, I don't think. No. Um, so, anyway, I mean, the deck, again, is fine, and there's lots of good bones to to, 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 you, to work with here, because there are very good cards in this deck. Like, Zyrus, the, the Rising Storm, is a very good a very good card. Um, what else? Nethroi is a very good card. Um, what else is very good? Uh... Like, Primeval Spawn seems interesting. I don't know if it's good, but it seems interesting, at least. Um, Atla Palani is very good. Uh, Okogachi, Vengeful Kami, seems like a pr- it could be a pretty interesting card. Um, like, I think there's enough interesting things to do with this deck with good, like, good cards to build off of. But, you know, there's enough, like, filler. You know, like, as Guild Courier is a filler. 
Gwintai Nephilim is essentially filler. Like, I don't know who's playing that for, like, saying, geez, I'm glad I got to play my Glintai Nephilim. Um, you know, looking through... No, nobody no, nobody says, says that. that. Like, I've been playing this... I've been playing Commander since 2014. No one ever says, boy, I'm glad I cast my Glintai Nephilim. Um, you know, like, you. this one's at least running a Painful Truths. You've got the, the Kudama's Reach, the Farseek, the Explosive Veg, the Explorer, the, do, uh, the Cultivates. You've got lots of good ramp pieces. Uh, of course, you're going to get the you're going to get the Felwar Stone, the Commander Sphere, Prophetic Prism. Ugh. Take that out anyway. Um, you know, you you have good good bones to to work with, and then the land the mana base isn't like they always do a decent job with those because they've printed so many inexpensive land cycles that they can pull from a lot of different places. But um, you know, anyway. There'd be some fun, I think. Like I, I, I can imagine enjoying having a mana mana cannons in play, and just blasting stuff as I cast multicolored spells or the Maelstrom Nexus, just because you know who doesn't like to cast more yeah, stuff. I think, I, I think this, this uh, is like it, you you take both those commanders out and you put Jared in the deck. Jensen gets pitched, and you're playing J- um, Joda, five color Joda. Yeah, that's probably better. That's now, probably you get, better now you can but... cascade into stuff. Yeah, which which is the real dream. Pretty much, pretty much. Anyway, I don't I don't mind it though. Like, I... oh, it's not bad. It's just not as. I mean, I think they've had better precons in the past. Like, I I'll be honest. I've opened that Faldorn deck, and I've been genuinely impressed with it. Every time I played it. Now, that's not to say it couldn't stand to be improved, and I've got some, I've got some additions coming for it uh, in the next little bit. But you know, what the the bottom line is that the 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 deck right out of the box can pop off, make and flood the board with tokens, and you know potentially give you a chance to to do something with the right payoffs. So I I do like Faldorn. I think Faldorn is a cut above what these two lists are providing us. Personally. You red unite the coalition. Um okay. Choose five. Oh boy. You may choose the same mode more than once. Target permanent phases out. Target player draws a card. Exile target player's graveyard. Unite the coalition deals two damage to any target. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Four seven mana. Two and then Wooburg. Um, I I had not read it until right now. That's kind of a crazy card. That's a lot of mana to spend on those abilities, though. It is, and the problem is like a lot of them are reactive. Like, so you're exiling target player's graveyard. That's probably because you just dump something in there, and you're like, and he's or he's trying to get something out right now. Yeah. Oh, or your your permanent that needs to phase out. It's because it's in danger right now. Um, seven mana to draw five cards isn't that exceptional. No. 10 damage distributed, not that crazy. It's funny, though, because when I started to read it, I was like, there's a lot of cool stuff. But then I was like, how the hell do I keep up 7 mana? Exactly. It's like, oops. So, yeah. You, you, you may as well not read instant on it, because unless I'm playing my whole deck at Flash, I I really don't know how I'm going to get that off worry. out of my main phase. Or, or sure, but I mean, there isn't one in the deck. you got to put it in there yourself. 
yeah, anyway, this interesting stuff. I'm not hugely in love with it, either list. Um, if you had to pick what one, what would you, what, which did you get, George? Black uh, color, or did you get the Mardu colored one? Um, I'd probably get the five color one just because I'm I'm a sucker for uh, challenging mana bases. But then I'd also switch switch out all those like slow the slow fetches for good fetches, and I'd put actual dual lands in it. Uh, although or the trial the triomes, and you know make them all fetchable. And although the, the the mana bases of these decks, Wizards usually does pretty well making the mana bases functional. I just think this mana base will be slow. Yep, well, it's a lot of tap lands, so um, I'm. I think I would probably build the, the, the get the other one and then tweak tweak it so that I want. I think I want to run Shanid as my as my commander. I don't think I like Dahada particularly, but uh, or if I'm playing if I do decide to play Dahada, I'm leaning into that minus three and the milling self milling my stuff into my graveyard. So anyway, that's my thought there. But I if I had to pick up one, I don't know if I'll I'll reserve judgment on whether I want to grab one or not. So we'll see. All right, should we move on there, George? Tonight's list there, folks, I brewed up. So, George, you probably can sympathize. Hopefully the audience can, too. Do you ever sit down and open up a box of junk and you say, I wonder what's in this box? And then you start flipping through the box and you find things that you're like, oh, that would be fun to play. You ever have that happen? Well, sometimes I find stuff that I was like, oh... That's a lot of value of cards, and I just ordered new ones because I didn't know where they were and I didn't want to look. <laughs> That's what happens to me more than anything. <laughs> okay, um, so uh. I was looking through a box of junk, and incidentally, George, you know what I pulled out of that junk? I pulled a Paradise Mantle and two Chains of Smog. So, worth my while to go back through some junk and go digging. Um, I think the ch- Chain of Smog yeah. is like, I don't know what, $10, $15, whatever. And the, and the Paradise Mantle is not cheap either. But, um, I pulled out, I went and found a card from M14 called Advocate of the Beast, which is a 2 and a green for a 2-3 elf shaman that says, at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on target beast, a creature you control. So it's leaning into the idea of playing beasts. So I thought to myself, can I find an, any more beasts? Well, in the same box, I found a Croson Drover and a Croson Warchief. So Croson Drover says three and a green for a two-two elf creature spells you control with converted mana cost six or more cost two less to play. And Croson Warchief says beast spells you play cost one less to play, w- one and a green for regenerate to regenerate target beast. Okay, so now I've got three cards that care about beasts. I wanted to see if I could do it. If I could build a beast deck. And I needed a commander that was going to allow me to do that. So the commander I then went and pulled out was General Marhalt Elsdragon. So, it's an uncommon from this set, folks, and it's two red-green for a 4-4 legendary creature elf warrior. Whenever a creature you control becomes blocked, it gets plus 3, plus 3 until end of turn for each creature blocking it. So, the idea being, when you start casting beasts, and beasts tend to be fairly on the largish side, now you have a way to pump them even bigger to win combat and hopefully make your opponents cry by smashing them with big things. That was the game plan, George. Like, I'm not going to lie. 
And I went back and I started looking at all the other beasts that I could dig out. Uh, including things like Anara, Wolven Familiar, which means that your commanders have Indestructible. Uh, Auspicious Sterex, which was basically like a, ca like a cascade effect on a mutator. Uh, you get uh, all sorts of things like Chancellor of the Tangle, which I have not seen in ages, because it's from... I just looked at what the heck this was. What's what is with the first like what is with the first ability? Um, I, so I, this is like a non. It's like a like, symbiote. It's like a, it's like why a is that on it? Guide that you're never going to use the symbiote spirit guide, right? Like I don't but know why fast mana. I don't know, but you're never going to use that. Um, but who tags that to a seven mana six? Seven? I don't know. But the whole cycle has that ability. Like, there's a chance so of all five colors, and they're all, I'm like, I don't get it. Anyway. Um, but you get, like, Elder Gargaroth. You get things like Death Miss Raptor. You get Creator Hoof of Themis. Crag Plate Baloth. Um, like, Gruel Rage Beast. Like, that, that's just, like, that's just a fight card. And so, you know. Can I just, can I just comment that this art on Crater Hoof is so yeah, wrong? It's, 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 a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I like the. You need the original right, well, one. I will go change versions of this card. Let's switch printing. It's fine. Just... Don't, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. It's fine. Oh, that's better. George likes that one better. Um, but like, now, here, folks, the cards aren't cheap. That's the problem. So usually we have budget decks. But, like, this deck has got a Crater Hut Behemoth. It's got a Cultivator Colossus. It's got an Elder Gargaroth. It's got a Terror of the Peaks, which is apparently a $50 card. Who knew? Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, the other thing this deck is there, George, is a Primal Surge deck. There's one sorcery in this list. Everything else is a permanent. It's running 50 creatures, 3 artifacts, 90 champions, a Primal Surge, and anything else is a land. And so, the whole goal is to put Warstorm Surge, or Terror of the Peaks on the battlefield, early enough in my Primal Surge cycle that I'm just going to like vomit the rest of my board on the battlefield and burn out the table. I like that. I also think that even if you didn't, you'd have Ouroborask and whatever yeah. other haste features you can add and you'd still have a bunch of fatties at the... It wouldn't be long before yes. everyone was dead. Also, unnatural growth. I mean, you're not... Yeah, yeah I see that That's there too. Funny. Because uh, we're just going to make them all be big. Um, the other one here, folks, um, an enchantment I think has been largely overlooked is uh, Greater Good. If you're going to have mm -hmm. big fat things, big fat creatures, you're going to be able to draw big fat amounts of cards with Greater Good. So if you need to refill on gas, it's a pretty good way to do it. So anyway. Yeah, the the three discard isn't really a big deal when you're drawing. No, six you don't or mind seven. too badly because you're probably throwing out a couple of land. Um, so yeah, that's what this deck is all about, and it's really it's surprisingly simple because it's like fifty creatures all doing creature things, um, and it, it, you can play a couple more of the creatures with um, the adventure mechanic on it if you want to get some spell like effects on things. Or you could play more mutate creatures if you're looking like you could play a gem razor in here, which I actually think I probably should. I think it's a beast. Um, you could do things like gem razor and things of that ilk to give you some spell like effects 
in your deck. Um, just unfortunately, it's like $350 instead of like 100 which is what we aim for on the show. But, um, well, if you cut a hoof and just put like a, uh, Andre, Andre what's a, what's a, the, that's exactly the, but my budget hoof. I mean, if yeah, you yeah. wanted to, I mean, obviously hoofs better, but yeah, no, for sure. You could, you could trim a bit. You could, uh, you don't, I mean, terror of the peaks is really good, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you probably don't need it no. desperately. There's fun things you could do with this list, and as it is, it's switch it up. Between two cards, you'd have it under, you know, under at a more reasonable level, and then you could sort of work towards those gradually if you really wanted to oh, make yeah, it like, ultra. Well, if you chop up Crater Hoof and Terror of the Peaks, you're chopping almost a hundred dollars worth of worth of cards, which is big. That's a lot, uh-huh. of, a lot of stuff to chop out. So, so yeah. That is the list there, folks. Go ahead, George. Yeah. I do. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's super fun. Pretty jank. It's pretty jank. I like it. I don't think anybody... I've ever, I only have ever seen a Beast Tribal list. Um, but here's a here's a stab at it. And uh, if it's something that you like, by honest... You're playing Nakia, too. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, just thought of that. I was sitting here looking at this list. Nakia of the old ways. Like, only you can only play creature spells. And I'm like, well... That's fine too. Anyway. Ta da! There we have uh, General Marhalt Elves Dragon Beast Tribal. Yeah. It's not I bad. like it's, it. Be, I mean, you're not playing it at a high power level, but you're playing it for fun. And I think, be, I think it would be. Everyone would get a laugh out of seeing you play your big dumb things. So. Well, I think, like, I like these. I mean, I think Primal Surge would be funny to to resolve in this deck. I think it'd be really interesting to be at the table. Um, obviously, you're dead, but that's okay. Like, I don't mind losing if it's a to a to like a deck that plays out and just vomits its hand. Like, I have decks that do that too. And so once they start, it just it really there's nothing you can do. It just resolves and pretty much the game yeah, ends. Like, oh, we'll watch you flip your whole deck over. Um, it's just a question: of Where is that worst from Surge? Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I like it. I like it. It's cool. Are you going to bring that uh, when we have our uh, destination? I don't know if I'm going to have it ready to go, but I would, maybe I'll just proxy it up and just we'll just jam it. And a whole bunch of... Yeah. Like, I'm pres- the mm-hmm. nice thing, and it's a feature I've never used before, but it says um, get proxies. So I'll have to go see what that means when I go click the get proxies feature on Moxfield and see what it does. Um, what does it do? Oh, you can print them all off on your printer. And then stick them I mean, on cards that you don't want. Stick them on some or basic stick lands. Stick them on a whole bunch of commons from... I mean, but, you know, okay, so I... There's an argument against proxies out there, and I understand that. I'll stop Um but if you're just running it, if if you're running a deck like to try it sometime, and you're not going to make it a permanent staple in your in your arsenal of decks, you know, the idea of proxying in a few cards that are you know chase cards to make it so that you can determine do you want to own this yeah. deck or not really, uh, I think that makes sense. You know, not Magic's an expensive enough hobby without you know trying to blow the budget on every single attempted deck that may or may not succeed and and be something Absolutely. we like to play. 
absolutely. And so, yeah, there's a lot of these cards that you can, I can, you know, they're 25 cent cards out of boxes I've got. But there are cards like your Cultivator Colossuses and your Creator Hope Emiths. Like, I don't have extra copies of those guys floating around. So, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. Like, if you're going to try it out and see how it feels like, and then you're going to, then you, if you like it, you can invest in the deck, then I see there's a lot of value to that. So, anyway, just a thought. All right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Let's move to wrap this up, George, because it's getting late, and the audience probably wants to go home, and so do we. But uh, thanks very much for jumping on tonight and uh, walking, help walk through the uh, these new precons from uh, for the Dominaria United. Uh, if people wanted to get a hold of you on the internet to pick your brains about magic or uh, anything else, how would they get a hold of you? I uh, I am on Twitter. And I am at GeoGray88. Um, that's probably an easy enough way to get a hold of me. Uh, happy to chat magic or whatever hockey, else. Hockey or... <laughs> Floats your boat. Yeah. NFL football. Um, yeah. Uh, just uh, yeah. let me know. Uh, if you want to reach out to us here on the show, I'd love to, you can always email us at theepicexperimentpodcast at gmail.com. So if you like the deck, you want to build... Beasts, whatever, uh, go ahead and get a hold of me. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, or the Twitter for the podcast is at EpicEXPCast. Also, if you want to find us on Instagram, we're also there now, and we are at EpicEXPCast as well. If you like our deck, or any, or want to see any other deck from other weeks, you can always find us on Moxfield. Uh, use the username, the Epic Experiment Podcast, and you can find all of our decks, of which there's like Oh, jeez. I don't even know how many lists there are now. Lots. Let's go see my lists. I have 130 decks in our... So you can go and find lots of things. Um, so, yeah. Or, or you can always find us haunting the LotusCouncil.com Discord. Uh, if you have a question, you want to leave a comment, a like, a follow, subscribe on any of your favorite podcast applications... Um, whether it's Google Play, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you're also on Amazon uh, Music as well. So you can find us in lots of the places where you find uh, your favorite podcasts, or you can find us for free at thelotuscouncil.com. Next week, we're going to be talking more Dominary United because you know what? It is cool, it is hip, and it is right now on top of us, and it is all the cool things. So we're going to be bringing you more cool stuff from Dominary United. Uh, So tune in next week. But until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best wherever you play. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have a good one. Talk to you next week.